like those bikies. The what? The bikies. What's a bikie? Oh, the, the, the biker gangs in Australia. Don't they call them bikies? I thought they, I thought they just called them Mad Max. <laughs> Hello, this is Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 18. This week's episode is the first of an ongoing summer series entitled Chris and His Crazy Ideas, and we talk about Muppets, self-replicating machines, and cyborgs. Here it goes. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the math podcast that comes to you from UNLV, Central Desert Complex, Building 7, Mailroom. I should really know the number of this room. Do you know the number of this room? It's mailroom number one. <laughs> it's not like we have multiple mailrooms in this building. Well, no, there's another mailroom. The, the, the men's bathroom. I, I, I thought I told you no puns. All right, you're right. I didn't know that was a pun. You're using a word for something else. Oh, shoot, you're right. Okay, yeah. all right, sorry, sorry, okay. no puns. So, the punless Christopher Bates is my guest today, my only guest, because we are here on a campus recording this during summer vacation. Now, I'm here because I happen to be teaching during this session, and Chris is here because he's both tutoring and taking classes right now. And so, we didn't want to leave all of our millions upon billions of fans without episodes of combinations and permutations for them. But since we don't have full panels, we're going to attack this in slightly a different way, and we're going to start a new running summer series called Chris and His Crazy Ideas. And what we're going to do here is uh, Chris has a very active mathematical imagination, let's say. And he comes up with these absolutely insane, possibly brilliant, but mostly insane ideas about something that can be done in mathematics. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, Chris explain whatever his most recent one was. And then I'm going to sit here and do what I usually do, which is yell and bitch and scream and uh, make fun of people. And so without further ado, Chris, Christopher Bates. I know. What? No puns. No puns. No puns. No puns for one. And for two... What are you thinking? Oh well, I was thinking about I was thinking about fashion. Now, of course, you can't oh, you God. can't you can't see me right now, but I'm wearing the same thing that I that I usually wear that he's worn every single time that we have ever recorded, with the exception of the one time you were in period dress. We were testing a time machine. Uh, the physics department had just uh, finished a prototype, but uh, that aside, yes, it's true. I've been wearing the same thing every day for the past perhaps i don't know 20 years uh, but i was thinking about fashion my sister spends a lot of money on clothes so do i yeah. i thought why not find out which group has the most money to spend on clothes and then make clothes that cater to them you don't think that that's 
what fashion already does. Well, yeah, I mean, what do I, they? Well, fa- the people who make the most money on clothes are like the big fashion labels. They make clothes specifically that are new and in vogue and incredibly expensive to sell to the people who have money, which are the rich people. Well, I thought, what about the people who have the most disposable income? Like whoever that is now, what baby teenagers? Boomers? Oh, right, right. Teenagers right. always have the most disposable income. If you can get parents to buy clothes that appeal to both the teenagers and their parents, the parents will probably be more willing to shell out the cash. Wow, those are some nice bell bottoms. I used to have a pair of those. Here, go buy some bell bottoms. Then I thought, why not use that same method to sell toys? Puppets. Muppets. Muppets have been making money, I mean, ever since, I mean, the dawn of PBS. Uh, Fraggle Rock. Uh... Uh, Sesame Sesame Street is still on. They're just Muppets. This weekend, I saw a commercial for the NBA. I saw Kobe Bryant and I think it was Shaquille O'Neal as Muppets. And I realized... Don't you think it may have been Dwight Howard? You know, so so that it could have actually had something to do with the NBA playoff. Shaquille is not in the finals. Who's Dwight Howard? The center, the really tall guy on the Orlando the black Magic. Guy. Yeah. Just a second. You just said the black guy in the NBA. The, that the, is not a good descriptor. Well, the tall Maybe, one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, not a good descriptor. I thought it was Kobe. When I saw the commercial, I mean. Well, no, Kobe makes sense because he's going to be playing in the finals. Dwight Howard also makes sense because he's going to be playing in the finals. Maybe it was Dwight Howard. I think it, it might. Okay, it could have been Dwight Howard, but I, I don't know what he looks like. The puppets looked identical, except one of them had a beard. So I thought it was like, what's the guy's, uh, the tall guy from, the black guy from Cleveland something. LeBron? Yes, I think it was LeBron James because he had a beard. Guy. My God, man. Wait, wait, so they had a LeBron James looking doll with a beard. And they had a Kobe Bryant looking doll with, I think, an earring or maybe a headband or something. Anyway, and I was like. With what? a beat up woman <laughs> in the corner? <laughs> No, she was in the trunk actually. <laughs> so, so the, I saw these pup, these Muppets on this commercial, and I realized people who are NBA fans are going to buy these Muppets like hotcakes. I mean, we could make all kinds of Muppets. I mean, there could be a P Diddy Muppet. There could be a Kanye West Muppet. Imagine a Kanye West Muppet standing there next to a I don't know a Mike Meyer Muppet ever further the Katrina thing, and the the Kanye West Muppets like. George Bush doesn't care about black Muppets. <laughs> it would be priceless. <laughs> yeah, Muppets. D- math. Where's the math? We're still a math podcast. Oh. Oh, oh math. math. Right, right, right. Yeah, you were supposed to tell me your mathematical idea, not your most recent marketing genius idea. Oh, the, the fashion thing. Okay, well, the fashion thing was this. Uh, the, the, there's... um. You know how monitors, computer screens are getting thinner and thinner. Yeah. And uh, power supplies are getting smaller and smaller. So you're talking about maybe a very thin LCD on a shirt, which has already been done. Can you have, like, live content on it? Yeah. Can you hook up an EKG to your heart? And I'm your... sure you can. Because you could wear your heart, your pulse. You know, you could have a pulse of your heart on your on your shirt. And then, yeah, I mean, and these things you do realize are prohibitively expensive and probably not in manufacture, but I've seen them. And, I mean, you have to wear a belt unit, I mean, because you need a computer to, you know, represent it on the screen, you know, represent yeah. something onto the screen. But, yeah, 
Yeah, anything like that, yeah. They could have them in hospitals. And, you know, the nurses will walk by and they can check okay, on a patient. They don't have to really... Or move. they can just keep on using the EKGs that they already have instead of wasting a bunch of money on a high-fashion shirt. It could be like a part of their smock that they wear, you know, the gown or something, you know. Like, why wear your... Well, the people talk about wearing your heart on your sleeve. Why not wear it on your chest? <laughs> okay, get to the math. Oh, Oh, no, that, 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 that was it. Well, there, there was one last thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking this might, I might require a lawyer to help, you know, walk through all the details for this. Okay. But I'm always worried about jaywalking. Okay. And, you know, I have trouble crossing the street against the signal. But when I look for, at the signal, it's usually it's a big red hand. Yeah. And I'm just waiting there for the, for the white stick figure to come up, the, the, the white guy. So I'm like, well. Well, it's, I mean, they use LED or L, yeah, LEDs these days, so it, it looks kind of bluish at times too. Okay, well, so, so you're blue. waiting for the Smurf to tell you to cross the road. I'm waiting for the Smurf to come up and tell me across the road. Meanwhile, the red, the big red hand is up. So I'm thinking, if I could just get a big suit that looks like a big red hand, I could cross whenever I want. I could, I could take, I could wear the suit and cross when the red hand is up. And when the when the red when the when the blue Smurf is on or whatever, I can just take off the suit and cross, you know. I mean, I, I am completely befuddled at this point. You have nonplussed me. I didn't even think that this was possible. What? It's it's a great loophole. I every other time that I mean, you've called me up at odd hours when I'm not even in the state. You have called me with these with these overarching metaphysical math problems, and you give me Muppets and cosplay. Cosplay cosplay is very popular now. I, mean, I know. And stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you're a furry, but don't don't you have something here for me? Um, no. No, not really. I'm on vacation. Your your brain is never on vacation, Chris. I know how you work. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, all right. Well, there was one thing. Okay. And um, I know we, we, we talked about a little bit. It was a while ago, actually. Okay. But we were talking about self-replicating robots. Okay. Um, and I was curious about... Um, well, I know these these nano machines or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but we'll just we'll just deal. Let's deal in the macro world. Let's just refer to self-replicating robots. Let's not care about worry about the size. All right. So, for these self-replicating robots uh, or machines, self-replicating machines. Yeah. I was curious um, if if there was an error or if they made a you know a slight mistake in replicating themselves, could this lead to a type of evolution in terms of the machines? I mean. You can I mean, you can deal with some of that some of that in cellular automata, and I mean as, as I'm sure you're well aware. But also I mean just in regular automata as well. Cellular automata is a little bit better for modeling something with entropy. Um, it it depends on if you're talking a real world situation or a theoretical situation. Now, in in the theoretical situation, a machine can't have an error. Unless you introduce some sort of random thing. 
and the whole idea of evolution, though, is, I mean, it's survival of the fittest. It's adaptations that help in the environment, that help whatever it is that's reproducing, reproduce better. Now, in in the theoretical world, I know that they're, they've done some work with, with theoretical machines and introducing random variables, and it works. You can introduce something that causes evolution. They're called evolutionary algorithms or genetic algorithms. Now, there are these algorithms that have this slight random thing. I, I'm, I'm not too well versed. It'd be much better to have, say, Lucas in here. Lucas has done work on them. But from what I, from what I understand about them, is that, is that you introduce some sort of random thing, and in that, uh, or you have multiple things working at, at first, and then they kind of end up working together, it does end up giving you a better algorithm than you could have written in the beginning by yourself because it's modifying itself in order to get the largest, you know, accept the largest amount of data, something like that. Now, in the real world, though, I would be tempted to say that it probably wouldn't lead to something good because depending on where the error is, so the error could be in either the physical or the software. Now, if it's in the physical and not in the software, even if there's that error, it won't be passed on to the next generation. Because self-replicating machines are, it's not necessarily the best term for them. They're not self-replicating. They're replicating machines from an internal diagram that has been put into storage that they are programmed to replicate. They're not programmed to replicate exactly them. Except the whole idea is that they never make a mistake, and so they're always replicating themselves because they themselves are a mirror image of the original. Now, if it's software-based, it could probably cause a crash. And if it causes a crash, then it's not going to be able to replicate at all. Now, software one is one that I see uh, it getting passed down, though, because on the software side, unless they all have a flash chip built in, that has been flashed directly every time, and then they load that from that flash into, like, uh, you know, regular operating. But they'd probably just uh, encode their own programming and just input it directly, just make a mirror of their software and put it into this new one. So that one could get passed down. And technically, if, like, say the mistake was create twice as fast, it would end up tearing down the other ones once it ran out of raw material or it, I mean, they might have some sort of visual recognition. So I don't, I don't think it would be evolution as we understand it to be now. And from the genetic algorithm, from the software side of it, it, you could get some and there's, I mean, that's the general argument over using, using things like that to get artificial intelligence. You know, you, you want it to evolve itself into first thought, into the first condition. I think therefore I am. But I don't hold too much hope for that, personally. Not at least not anytime soon. I, I when you said raw, <clears throat> when you said raw materials, what what, what are raw materials? Well, so you know, flash it, chips or no, no. Raw materials means the whole idea of a replicating machine is it's a machine that you can just put out there, just out into the world, and it has all the foundry and everything inside of it, so it can break everything down and reconstruct from base elements another copy of itself. Sounds incredibly complicated. I mean, to, to actually No implement. fucking <laughs> shit! 
It sounds, of course it's complicated. What do you think this is, elementary school? We're talking about making machines that replicate themselves unendingly, which, by the way, is a really stupid idea. I was thinking about, about you know, building, like, artificial cells, you know, out of, like, non-organic materials, and they would be able to draw in energy from the environment on the molecular level. Okay. Like, the same way we breathe and take in, you know, proteins and carbohydrates or okay. whatever. But But they could be released into, like, the water or something and just compete with other life forms and why would we want to do that to make transformers well here's my idea i mean these self-replicating machines uh at say a very small a small scale uh, maybe some maybe a few orders of magnitude larger than a cell a human or biological cells but whatever size they are i mean they would they would draw in energy in a variety of forms from the environment and because they're not organic they might be more resilient when it comes to withstanding certain things that normally Once kill again, cells. Once again, why would we want to do that? To make transformers. How would that make us transformers? Transformers are intelligent alien beings. But they but if they're intelligent robots, they're not robots. I, I thought they kind were, of. I thought they sort were machines. Of, sort of. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess General Motors wasn't on that alien planet, so I don't. They couldn't have had like <laughs> Grand Ams or anything. <laughs> well, no, I. But why would we want that? Why do we want to put out this thing that replicates itself, is indestructible, into our environment that we've already screwed with so much that we might not be able to survive? Shouldn't we worry about, you know, I mean, I, I, I understand this is a very specious and xenophobic, well, not xenophobic, uh, I, it's specious and it's, well, it's not ethnocentric, it's a human-centric uh, way of viewing this. Shouldn't we worry about making sure that we survive? Well, I mean, we're, we're humans so far have been concerned about, you know, tailoring the environment to themselves, you know. Uh, yeah, for... and that and that was a bit of a mistake. And you know, some people are now starting to worry about the future of the world for their children. You know, we're trying to make the world a better place for our offspring. Why not make our offspring better for the future, like more, you know, more fit? Yeah, of course, we we do plan on doing things like that. I mean, not the not necessarily the green freaks, but uh, the people like me. I mean, uh, for any Bruce Sterling fans out there, I'm a very dedicated machinist. That means nothing to anyone unless they've read the schismatrics. I just realized, um, and and I love the idea of of tailoring ourselves using you you know I mean using genetic uh, the things that we've learned about genetic and genetically engineering us to be better fit to survive. That's great. I mean that's more of a that's less of a machinist, uh, but I'm actually a lot more interested in the idea of implants and interfaces and machines and things that we can put into our bodies to make us better fit like lobot exactly like lobot right yeah exactly like lobot i i lobot was fantastic he had that that big thing around the back of his head he was looking pretty awesome the uh, eye lobes (laughs) and he was i mean he was a cyborg i like the idea of being a cyborg do you think they had a union Well, you know, I mean, just I figure he's doing all this menial work or whatever. He wasn't doing. He was his personal. He was Lando's not even personal assistant. He was Lando's like VP. He had other people doing his bitch work for him. 
do you think he had like any was there a backlash to you know his being able to do all that stuff well being a cyborg i don't know i I imagine in in this world as soon as you know we figure out how to properly interface human and machine and there will be there will be a bit of a looking down upon the first people who you know start getting cyborgs because it won't look as good but we already have people who are essentially cyborgs what about amputees amputees the ones that we give these awesome legs to now they're essentially cyborgs and the fact is they can run faster than us there was a guy who has the blade uh the blades and he they didn't want him to be in the, in the uh, olympics, olympics or something. well he eventually got dis or he got a court order saying he was allowed to compete and he didn't quite qualify but they're getting faster and faster because they're no longer they're no longer uh you know limited by the ability of the human leg to propel us faster. He's now limited by the ability of humans to harness spring leg technology to make the human body go faster. Inspector Gadget? Holy shit. <laughs> go, go, Gadget legs. Oh, God. I, I, I mean, and the, and the thing is, I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have contacts pretty soon that will be able to, I mean, move in order to, you know, change between near and far sight you know you know like bifocals but they'll be active so that when your eyes change focus the contacts themselves will change so that they'll allow you to better focus on the near or the far we're we're getting to the point where we might be able to pretty soon be able to pop chips into the ears of uh deaf people into the eyes of blind people and they'll start to be able to see and hear again i think that we've already done some work in this and it's it's us mathematicians who start that work. All bring it back is and we're just talking theoretical science here, singularity, Kurtzwellian science. And and bring it back to math. I mean, without without us, they can't do it. Makes me feel good. Yeah, we, we need to we need to do the start. And so that is going to wrap it up for the first episode of the this the kind of sub project within combinations and permutations. Chris and his crazy ideas. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode has been licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike license. All the music that you've heard on this podcast is from SP12. If you like what you hear, go check them out at opsound.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.